Welcome to the AJHP podcast series. The American Journal of Health System Pharmacy is the official journal of the American Society of Health System Pharmacists, an association of pharmacists committed to helping patients make the best use of medications. For more information about AJHP, please visit www.ajhp.org. This is William Zelmer, AJHP contributing editor, speaking with two of the five authors of a journal paper entitled Comparison of a Hybrid Medication Distribution System to Simulated Decentralized Distribution Models. The lead author is Dr. John Gray, who is currently Central Pharmacy Supervisor at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Also in the conversation is Stephen Rao, who is Director, Department of Pharmacy, University of Wisconsin Hospital and Clinics in Madison. Steve, let's begin the discussion with you. Uh, This research was done from the perspective of the University of Wisconsin Hospital and Clinics, which has what you call a hybrid medication distribution system. Uh, Please explain, what do you mean by a hybrid system? What we mean by hybrid medication distribution system is that scheduled medications are dispensed from our central pharmacy via our our first-dose dispensing system or our medication cart fill system using, to the extent possible, robot and carousel technology in our central pharmacy, and those medications are delivered via a patient cassette drawer. That could be for an 8-hour, a 12-hour, or 24-hour period. And controlled substance medications and as-needed medications are dispensed from automated dispensing cabinets on nursing units. So the hybrid system means that controlled substances and as-needed medications are dispensed via the cabinets on the floor and the scheduled medications and routine first doses come from the central pharmacy, Uh, as opposed to a decentralized system where all doses come from automated dispensing cabinets on patient care areas or a centralized system where all doses come from the central pharmacy. So hybrid is a combination of both systems for medication delivery. Right. Well, and we know from uh, ASHP national surveys that there's a clear trend toward inpatient drug distribution systems, primarily using decentralized automated dispensing cabinets. In 2011, for example, about 65% of hospitals use decentralized cabinets for first dose delivery, uh, slightly less for uh, maintenance dose delivery. And those figures were up by more than 10 percentage points uh, from the previous three years. So to what extent, uh, Steve, was uh, that national trend, which reflects a different direction than was the University of Wisconsin has taken, a factor in deciding to do this study? Well, the national trend of increasing decentralized delivery models was not really a factor at all in our decision to, to conduct this study. First off, I think, well, oftentimes uh, drug delivery system decisions, which system to use, unfortunately, are often based on perception or Uh, perhaps what customers and nurses prefer or what's easiest for pharmacy to deliver. And oftentimes in hospitals, those decisions aren't based on data surrounding what's the safest model and what's the most efficient model. So we're very data-driven here at UW Hospital. We want to be sure as we design our systems of the future that we believe they're, they're safe, they're efficient, they're cost-effective, and they provide good service and that they optimize the right skill mix in terms of maximizing the amount of time and influence pharmacy has over controlling drug use up to the bedside and making sure nursing time is spent most efficiently 
with their patients, not in doing drug distribution work that could be handled just as well by a lower-cost pharmacy technician. So really the driving factor in us conducting our study was we wanted updated objective data upon which to make decisions going forward on what is the best distribution system model for us for the future. We're going to be designing a new community hospital in Madison, and that build-out is going to be finished in 2015. And we had not yet made decisions on what our drug delivery system was going to be at that hospital. So we wanted to let data drive what we felt was the most efficient and safest system when we designed that hospital. And then after that hospital goes live in two years, we're going to be remodeling all of our patient care areas here at the, the main UW hospital. So we wanted to be sure that the design of that remodel fit the most efficient drug delivery system for everyone, for pharmacy and for nursing's perspective, when we did those remodels. And lastly, in a couple of years, our technology automation vendor contracts are due, and it's going to be time to re-up those. And we want to go into that with as much data as possible in terms of making a decision. Who's the best automation vendor partner for us in the future? And what design do we want? Do we want to have a hybrid system and continue that or have a decentralized model? So really the purpose of the study was to help us objectively make the decision on what was the most efficient, safest model for us in the f- into the future. And we wanted to look at it from not just pharmacy's perspective, but from nursing's perspective as well. Sure. John, uh, let me turn to you. As I understand it, this project was your research as part of your administrative pharmacy residency at uh, University of Wisconsin Hospital and Clinics. Could you describe briefly the methodology for the simulated comparison that you report in the paper? Sure. We began by gathering data at two different institutions, one that used a a hybrid medication distribution system and one that used a decentralized automated distribution system. So the vast majority of medications in that system coming from automated dispensing cabinets on patient care units. And the data that were gathered at these two institutions were time studies of nursing, uh, pharmacy technician, and pharmacist work related to medication dispensing and distribution and medication administration. Additionally, we gathered workload statistics, things, uh, things such as you know, doses per day coming from a cart fill process, doses per day being dispensed uh, via automated dispensing cabinets, average daily census, number and percentage of doses restocked in a, in a cabinet on a day-in, day-out basis, things like missing doses. Those are kind of the relevant workload statistics. Some mm-hmm. time studies that were performed were, again, you know, nurses accessing an automated dispensing cabinet, nurses accessing a medication cassette drawer to retrieve a dose, nurse queuing for access to an automated dispensing cabinet, nurse time spent trying to find and obtain a missing dose. Um, those would be some examples of, of things that were studied in terms of time studies. And based on those data, we developed a, a simple simulation model using some proprietary software, and we took the results of those time studies and workload statistics and used those as inputs within the model to simulate uh, varying mixes of medication cart distribution and automated dispensing cabinet distribution ratios. So whether that's a 70-30 split between carts and, and cabinets or vice versa, we were able to simulate those parameters and ultimately try to assess what is the pharmacy technician, pharmacist, and nurse time spent in medication preparation, distribution, delivery, and administration activities for each resource. Mm-hmm. So, uh, John, what was the most important finding in the study from your perspective? 
I would say that no matter how you slice the data, no matter how you cut it, no matter what kind of people you have working in a system, I can say with a lot of confidence that moving a greater percent of doses from a cart fill type system into automated dispensing cabinets ultimately transitions medication preparation and delivery work from pharmacy technicians to nurses. In essence, what you have in a highly decentralized automated system is nurses performing mini cart fills at major med pass times. And, and as Steve alluded to a little bit, what, what that does is it transitions work of medication preparation, distribution, and delivery from a relatively inexpensive resource being pharmacy technicians to a relatively expensive resource being nurses. And Bill, this is Steve. If I might add on to that, I think a very important finding here is the perception can be very different than reality. Going into this study, our nurses and our nursing leadership felt that the decentralized cabinet model saved nurses time because mm-hmm. doses are available right when they want them. They know where to go, so it must be quicker. And, but this is the second time we've done this study. The first time we did it, we similar study in 2001, we didn't publish but that results, but we found very consistent results that there was about a 40% increase in nursing labor requirements when they dispense a dose of medication from a dispensing cabinet versus a cassette drawer because of the queuing at the cabinet and the screen flips and going through multiple drawers to get those doses. So every time we've looked at it objectively using industrial engineering methods, we've determined that the perception of nurses that cabinets save time is very different than the reality of what happens when you put a stopwatch to it and watch what happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, as I recall, your paper uh, translates this matter of transitioning work from pharmacy personnel to nursing personnel in economic terms, uh, financial terms. Could you comment on that a little bit? What did you find in that regard? We, we, did, we did do that math. I would say, as, as folks look at the paper, I would focus more on time because when it comes to actually operationalizing something, what we found was nurses spend more time accessing medications and preparing them for administration in a decentralized model. In that way, the amount of nursing time spent in this increased. You could translate that amount of time into the human resource being a nurse. And ultimately, what we found was that human resource cost could be as high as a couple of hundred thousand dollars minimally for, for the University of Wisconsin if that nursing time were translated to the human resource cost based on the average compensation of a nurse according to the, well, to the Bureau. And John, the other reason I would not focus on time is there's not many hospitals that if, if you shift from one model to another, if you shift from a decentral to a hybrid model, where the, the CNO is going to be willing to delete nursing FTE from their budget. So the cost savings is going to be theoretical cost savings if FTE aren't deleted in the budget to achieve that savings. But the time value is critical because in the era of health reform, we're all being told we need to become more efficient, we need to have the right resources doing the right jobs. Why pay a nurse um, $45, $50 an hour to do an activity that you can pay a pharmacy technician 12 to $15 an hour to do? So nursing needs to become more efficient. We all need to be able to take care of a larger number, a broader population of patients with current resources without adding FTE to our budget. So if we can make sure our drug delivery systems are designed most efficiently to have valuable nursing time spent at the bedside where it belongs rather than um, doing distribution activities that can be formed by pharmacy technicians. Ultimately, our, our delivery systems are going to be more efficient, 
Thus, the hospital is going to have more resources it can invest elsewhere, like in growing pharmacy practice models. And um, we're going to have safer care for our patients and employees are going to be more engaged and um, employee retention will improve as well. So it's good from just about every perspective, which is why focusing on cost probably isn't the, the yeah. right approach here. It's about efficiency and quality of care. Right, I understand. And then just picking up on that, what do the two of you have to say about the generalizability of your findings here? Are, are there certain types or sizes of institutions that might not find the same result as you found here? What can you say in this regard? You know, that's a good question. There are a couple of significant threats to the generalizability overall, one being the University of Wisconsin hospital uses a robot. And so as we were simulating many of these scenarios, although not all, as folks will see, in many of these scenarios, we simulated the medication distribution system's performance with a robot in mind. Additionally, the University of Wisconsin Hospital and Clinics is lucky to have a tech check tech program that allows for pharmacy technicians to check the work of another pharmacy technician with specific parameters being met such that you know the state board of pharmacy is able to sign off on that program. So not all institutions across the country would be able to utilize a program like that. That being said, regardless of whether you use a robot or whether you use a tech check tech program or not, transitioning to a highly cabinet-based model will ultimately result in nursing performing mini cart fills at major med pass times. And so I think taking that takeaway point, most institutions will find some value, whether they're you know currently in a hybrid or more centralized medication dispensing system and can use this information and use our methods to perform their own studies to justify what they're currently doing, or maybe there'll be some institutions that will relook at their current highly decentralized cabinet-based system to see is there something that, that within this system or with a completely new system we can do more efficiently, as Steve alluded to. It is generalizable, as John said, in the sense of if you have a fully decentralized model, chances are it's taking more time for nurses to dispense and prepare non-controlled substance doses for administration than it would if you had a cassette system. That's probably generalizable. What isn't generalizable are the politics that go into these sorts of decisions. There are organizations where it would be the kiss of death for a pharmacy leader to convert from a fully decentralized model to a hybrid model because nursing perception might be negatively impacted and the relationship would be tarnished and trust would be compromised, and it wouldn't be the right thing. So each organization, we're not trying to say everyone should do this. We're really trying to say, here's our data, and everyone should think about what goes on with their current model and take a look at it. Take a look at, are there ways you could make nursing time more efficient? Are there activities pharmacy technicians could do on the floor as far, part of the practice model to be able to support nurses more efficiently dispensing and preparing drugs for administration, for example? So I think the understanding that not all systems are created equal in terms of time requirements for healthcare personnel and, and, and taking a look at it and figuring out working with nursing, what you can do to make your systems better. And Hey, if, you, if our study makes sense and you want to consider converting from one system to another, you should consider it. If you're interested in doing it, we feel we maybe have the data now to provide pharmacy leaders who are interested in moving to a hybrid model for, for reasons of safety and efficiency. This maybe would provide them the, the data they need to gain organizational interest and understanding of why that might be a good decision. Whereas historically, 
there's been no data in any literature that I can find that reasonably and objectively compares one system over another to say which might be more efficient. So I think that the real important part of our study is this is the first time. Well, that's an excellent point. As we bring our conversation to a close, I'm wondering, are there some related studies that you would like to see done on this topic? Well, I think a couple. One, we're actually currently doing, it's being wrapped up, that it will be submitted for publication later this summer, looking at what happens when medications are stored at the patient's bedside. There is certainly a movement within the nursing profession and by many consultants to come looking at hospitals saying systems will be safer and nursing time will be spent at a higher level, more, more with patients, if pharmacy stores the drugs at the bedside. But there's also schools of thought that that system could be more costly, more laborious, and less safe than storing all medications centrally. So we're performing a study, I hope others will as well, looking at what impact does storing drugs at the bedside versus centrally on nursing units have on how nurses spend their time number of footsteps, um, do patients really see the nurse, uh, have more time with the nurse in that model, and which is most cost-effective and safe. So I think studying that is important. I also think if an organization were to say, let's look at activities that nurses traditionally perform on our nursing units associated with medication use, anything from pulling drugs out of cabinets and getting them ready to administer, delivering IV pumps, infusion pumps to the bedside, Um, resolving narcotic discrepancies, medication-related activities that nurses traditionally do that could be transitioned to pharmacy technicians. If an organization were to identify those activities, implement models where those activities are transitioned to pharmacy technicians to support the nurse on the floor and study what is the actual nursing time savings and the total organization-wide cost impact, I think most hospitals would find they'd probably be over a million dollars in labor costs per year that could be eliminated if they're able to move their nurse to patient ratios from say four to one to five to one as an example of pharmacy technicians supporting those medication preparation activities. And if you do that, it'll probably mean safer care as well for patients and higher accurate medication delivery. So as a profession, I think that's a major um, undertaking we need to look at is, is can we make our drug delivery systems more efficient and safer using technicians um, to support traditional nurse activities on patient care units. And this this is John. I think just adding to that, I would say the other the other piece that is definitely needs more study is around the safety elements of varying medication distribution models. I think everybody has their own perceptions about what is the safest medication distribution system and why is that the case. But where we need some objective data is in the pharmacy department's accuracy in filling medications in a automated dispensing cabinet, filling medications in medication cassette drawers, and nurse accuracy in obtaining those medications from cassette drawers versus automated dispensing cabinets mm-hmm. to really shed some light on, on what, we, what we think versus, versus what is true. Right. Well, uh, John Gray, Steve Rao, thank you very much for taking time to chat with me about your extremely important paper coming up in AJHP. Uh, This has been a great discussion. Thanks again. You're welcome. That concludes this podcast. For more information, please visit www.ajhp.org.